Rob, uh, back again. We are on the, or oh, actually, we've just finished the opening weekend. Uh, lots of racing since we were on. Uh, why don't we start on the opening weekend and work ourselves back, I guess, in some way, shape, or form? So, Omloop Het Newsblad. Um, so, for those who don't know, this is a race out in Belgium. It's like the little sister or little brother of the main classic, which is the Tour of Flanders. It's about 60 to 100k shorter usually, but it's all on the same roads, same climbs, the famous climbs like the Koppenberg, although that didn't feature actually, but the Muir, um, Camelback and um, all the rest of them, uh, Camelberg rather, and uh, all the other funky, funky names. Um, so that one was a dominant performance, Rob, and um, a dominant performance from a team which has been dominating everything for the last year or so. Uh, but yet to dominate the classics until now. And uh, I think we're going to see a changing of guard like we've seen with the Grand Tour stage stage races. Um, so what's your thoughts on that? Like, are we, of course, they, they took both wins uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I'm talking about Jumbo Visma. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal. Their whole team, uh, incredible performance from the whole team. Uh, Dylan Van Baal, of course, the winner, uh, Exynos rider, riding away, does what he does best. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just really dominant weekend from Jumbo Visma. I think, yeah, starting at Omloop, Dylan Van Baal, probably one of the biggest transfers of the year. Real surprise to see him leaving Ineos and moving to Jumbo. Partly with him, actually, you consider him he'd have established a position where he's pretty much the leader of the classics team at Ineos, but Jumbo, you've obviously got Wout van Aert, who is always going to be the leader of whatever team he's on. Um, and so, yeah, interesting to see Van Baal go, go there, but looks like he stepped up a level, to be honest. Really solid ride from him. And, you know, we've seen it before. Once Van Baal goes solo on an attack, he's really hard to bring back. And that's what happened what happened on Saturday at Omloop and just a really good performance by Jumbo Visma covering pretty much every move, always having the numerical advantage. And yeah, ultimately, I'd say the strongest team as well. The strongest team are just always in the right place. So yeah, big win for them and a bit of a crushing start to the season, knowing they're pretty much winning it with their domestiques with Wout van Aert still in absence. Yeah, did you? I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the clip of... Um... So obviously Dylan was up the road and there was three Jumbo Vismas across the road. Obviously there's narrow roads out in Belgium, so you can do this, whereby they use the team effectively to block the peloton from closing the gap. It, it didn't look like they were in any sort of rush anyway, but it was excellent, excellent team performance, I think. And that's why I'm gushing about them because it wasn't just one rider. Um, it was It was a whole team performance. Um, but yeah, uh, the the success continued on the second day as well. Kerner, Brussels Kerner, um, starting in Kerner, of course, um, heading towards, but not quite reaching Brussels and then back. Um, once again, Jumbo featuring massively um, an incredible performance. They had two in the breakaway. Um, and, and in fact, I, I believe they finished uh, one, two as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, two in the breakaway. Uh, the group went, went quite a long way out, all the hills in Kerner. 
stopped quite a long way from the finish, about after about 70, 60k. No real testing, testing uh, climbs or cobbles anymore. It's quite an easy run into the finish, and yeah, groove about five or six going clear, and uh, two Yumbos in there. Everyone working well together, and in the last five k, Tish Benut and uh, Nathan Van Hoyerdonk. Probably, if we're on looking at Yumbo Visma's lineup, probably their fourth and fifth best classic rider at the moment. And um, yeah, against some real quality names in that breakaway, including Matty Mohoric. They kept one toing the other the other riders in that breakaway in the last last five K and eventually Tish Manute sneaking away in the final kilometer and Tim Wellens trying to bring him back, but then realizing it was hopeless and yeah, easy win for Tish. And um yeah, Nathan Van Hoydon looking very strong in the sprint to come second. So really looking dominant and it might be a very, a very uh predictable classic season on the return of Wout Van Aert as well um, got some other big stars coming back but if Youngbo keep dominating like this, it's not like they got lucky they were they were just the strongest team who were always in the right position so a very, very dominant performance from them. Yeah, we keep talking about Van Aert but um, I'm not sure if you've heard the news, he's pulled out of Strade Bianchi uh, due to an illness so I wonder how serious that is whether it's precaution or it's uh fairly serious in in which case he might be knocked back a couple of weeks uh if not longer so yeah um definitely someone to look out for in the future um future races rather um but yeah um uh, we should add though uh what uh not only did yumbo get first and second they also had another rider in the top six so that's three in the top six that's it doesn't get much more dominant than that. Um, no. And uh, as we mentioned, it's, it's usually um, the wolf, the wolf pack who are doing such maneuvers, but not quite got the team for it at the moment. It seems um, they, they seem to be going through some sort of transition. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. I'd say yeah. the transition seems a nice way to put it. I'd say <laughs> for me, generally the whole team, of the Koenig Group step is on quite a downward slant and that includes obviously their classics team was generally their strongest thing and then you had the sprinters the sprinters were always the best in the world I'd say over the last two years they both declined quite heavily and their um their saving grace obviously being Remco Ebenepoel who's obviously this mega talent and you know he's progressing well um very well and you know I don't think there's anyone now who'd say he won't win the tour someday. I think that he's got a very good chance of winning the tour, and I'd say probably deserves to be favourite for the Giro this year at the moment. But yeah, yeah, very tough times for Deterrent Quick Step, and I think the Fever quote is saying, uh, "It's not Deterrent Quick Step, is it?" Oh no, <laughs> Sudal Quick Step, right? Sudal Quick Step. Yeah, the team that changes its name without <laughs> fail every single year, pretty much. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, quick step. We think we can call them that. Um, yeah. And I think um, did pick up a, a small win um, over the winter period, if I'm not mistaken. He, he did it in the Fauna Desh Classic. And yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Fauna Desh and then Drome on Sunday. He wasn't that strong. Um, but yeah, Alaphilippe, solid. But, you know, this guy almost won the tour not too long ago in 2019. And uh, I think he's a long way, a long way from that level now. Like it was a good win, but 
he essentially out sprinted David Gardu, um, which you know is, is solid, um, but you know a long way from being a genuine tour contender and dominator of monuments and classics. And I, I think at the moment, I think one monument and one tour stage win, I, I think would be an exceptional year for Alain Philippe. He's got, you know, tough season last season, and he had good excuses for it, big crashes and what have you, but. There has been a big step backwards, and he has had adequate recovery time to put those performances together. And yeah, he looks to be better this season. He says he's talking targeting Flanders. Flanders is a big target, and yeah, I hope he hope he can be genuinely competitive there. But yeah, I I I I don't see this season being his best ever season, even though he's arguably in the age wise in the prime of his career. Yeah, I think um, you're definitely correct there. He's he doesn't have that same flair, same panache. Um, the injuries must have got to him effectively, and uh, I'm hoping he does come back because he's one of the more exciting riders of the peloton, of course. And um, I, I do hope the Wolfpack get their act back together as well, because if it's Jumbo Visma winning everything from both the tours and and the classics, it's going to get very very boring very quickly, and there'll probably yeah. be no no point of us chatting about it it would just be like no i think it'll just be um um pogaccia and vanderpoel left and yeah uh, i'd say vanderpoel's stock from last year's dropping as well so yeah we might have well he, he did win the uh cyclocross world championships when it mattered he was getting battered from art it seemed uh van art uh but pulled it out when it mattered i guess he did um, he did he did yes but I, i'd say that was through yeah, it's true. I, I, it's true. that doesn't give me strength. That it was, it, I, I wouldn't give that win as through prior strength. The course yeah, is very no. much suited Van der Poel, and I think Van Aert tactically played it wrong. I, I still regard Van Aert as the best cross rider of the year by some margin. But yeah, you have to give credit to Van der Poel. He did win the worlds, and wow, I had no real excuses. Um, to be honest, there. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, Van der Poel's still a solid rival to Van Aert, yeah. but I. I'm giving Van Aert a solid edge right now. It, it gives us uh, a good setup to the season, though. Uh, Van Aert, sorry, Van der Poel in in very very good form. Uh, what from what we've seen so far, anyway. Uh, Van Aert was also in very good form. Like I said, he is taken ill currently, so hopefully nothing too serious, nothing that sets him back too much. And um, for Gatcha, we should probably touch on. Um, he has. Oh, I don't know if you saw the Instagram post. Um, you had other pros commenting on his Instagram saying, "Just please stop, stop winning. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he can't stop." And uh, the way he races, he he, in a sense, it, he hasn't. I wouldn't say he hasn't learned his lesson because uh, I think Vingo was just the better rider. But Pogacar, just the way he races is incredible. He just he's just like this is too easy and 40k out 50k out, he just he just goes for it and if someone battles him he'll just go for it again and again and again until he's either worn down or he gets away and that's what he's been doing of late which which races has he been uh focusing on then uh during this winter period yeah so so he had a had a gravel race in spain um competition barely light on the ground biggest challenge is coming from ben Toet and ben turner and uh, arguably andreas Kron as well but yeah, Pogaccio going going solo quite a long way. I think about 40k out, a very solid chasing group working amazingly well and essentially a chain gang trying to chase him down. But 
the gap just kept going out. He had a puncture, had a wheel change and still won by quite a healthy margin. So he he really did crush crush that first race, that first gravel race in Spain, um, which kind of made the Volta of Valencia a kind of foregone conclusion. After that, um, after that first stage, uh, came under fire a bit from Santiago Petrago. Mikel Lander giving it a good go. And, you know, Enric Mass at that race as well, a lot of very solid climbers. First stage, they pushed him on on the first category climb and he, he, he absolutely destroyed them, put a minute into them quite quite easily. Very, a very strong field at that race. Teo Gagenhart there as well, Carlos Rodriguez there. And really, really stacked field and he, he, he made it look like uh, a pro racing in the juniors, to be honest. Um, never, never challenged. He could have won, he won, I think, I think he won three stages and he could have won the final stage. Mm. But he instead tried to set up his uh, teammate, Alexander Covey, um, in a stage I'm pretty confident he could have won if he really went for it. Um, so yeah, he's essentially on good enough form, I imagine, to beat anyone at the Tour Bar Vingegaard. And the thing is with Pogaccia, we I think we see him at the same level all year round. It's only his time trial that really improves during the tour. The rest of it, I think, stays at a fairly constant level. And it's great he's doing this now. He might dominate Strada. He might even win San Remo and Flanders. I know he's not doing Strada. My apologies. But I think we'll see a very solid classic scene from him. I think this coming week, we'll see him beat Vingegaard at Paris-Nice. Um, but it all comes down to where they're at in July for the tour. Um, and at the moment, my money's still on Vingegaard. I think he'll get beaten by Pogaccia uh, until the tour, but then we'll see him at his best, and that's when he will beat Pogaccia. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just wondering, like, have we seen the end? Um, obviously, it's, it's it's been the same for the last couple of years, but have we seen the end of the traditional Grand Tour rider, where the likes of Chris Froome, Bradley Wiggins. Uh, Garen Thomas previously, Bernal, they they wouldn't be focusing or turning up to such races and certainly not winning, uh, certainly not going to gravel races of any way, shape or form, worried about getting injured. Um, you've got the likes of Vingegaard and, and definitely Pogaccia trying different things, turning up to races, going out to win, um, not, not having any sort of, how do you say, caution uh, to injury or burnout or anything um yeah it's just uh, we're, we're in a different world we're in a different completely different world i imagine to uh four five six years ago where the grand tour rider was very very protected um very cautious and uh certainly wouldn't be turning out to such races totally i think we, we kind of imagine the, like the last generation of of grand dominant grand tour riders or sort of the Froome Wiggins generation, even Thomas to an extent. And arguably I think it's maybe training's different, maybe what Ineos and Sash Sky used to be doing, maybe Yumbo and Picatra's in quite different. We see the riders are quite different. They've all got like punches, like Vingegaard is probably the least punchy, but like Roglic, Pagatcha they, they've all got genuine sprints on them. Like they are fast finishers after a long, hard race, um, which like Froome, Wiggins and Thomas, probably I don't think you could say that about them. 
Um, so that's part of the reason. Part of the reason, you know, younger riders as well are generally going to be want to try more things, do more different things, be more adventurous, and maybe it's just the mindset as well. I think Ineos and all the like Dave Brailsford projects very much we are focused on the tour, nothing matters but the tour. But maybe other teams have a more a, a more overarching view. Brailsford probably carries that mentality. Brailsford, the man who runs Ineos, essentially set it up to win the tour. And that mindset from him is likely from when he was head of BC and he was there to win the Olympics and nothing more, nothing less. Um, but these other teams, you know, they want to do it all. And they probably have quite loose, loose names. Um, they just want to be a successful team, win the big races, and that doesn't have to necessarily be the tour. And that's what they're doing. They're not just targeting the tour. They want to win everything. And yeah, that's what they're doing pretty much. Yeah, and then Piper, who is uh, Ineos's, Ineos's, uh, sorry, no, Ineos, Pogacar's coach, he was saying, uh, Pogacar mentioned that he wants to try and different things. And and you're probably right, being younger, um, you know, obviously Chris Froome, Wiggins, all of these riders we mentioned, they got into Grand Tour or competing for Grand Tours at a much, much older age than Pogacar and the likes. So perhaps it is that young blood. Um, but also, there's a, another discussion point that comes from that, which is perhaps their careers won't be as long, uh, the likes of uh, all these youngsters coming through, Ivanapo as well. Um, they only last, what, seven, eight years at the top. Uh, so yeah. if, you're, if you're starting at the age of 20, 18, 19, 20, 21 even, you, you don't... You, I'm not sure there'll be... Chris Froome at the age of 37 still compete of you. I wouldn't say competing, mm. but... No, no, I, I highly doubt that. Yeah, so... Um, you can kind of infer that from the trends of what we've seen previously. Um, yeah. The vast majority of the time, the rider who wins the Young Riders jersey at the Tour, whether they win it or come 10th, that is their best performance. So if you think of riders like Bob Youngles, he was like in his early twenties. He was challenging top tens at the tour, but now you'll you you won't you won't consider him as a tour contender at all. Yeah. Though people, it's rare to be at the top competitive for ten years. Whether that's through burnout, physiological burnout, I doubt it. I think it's more mental burnout. It's hard to be the best rider in the world for ten years straight. Yeah. Um, and, you know, things change, things evolve. And sometimes people's mindset is hard to change with them. But it, you got to make a lot of sacrifices for 10 years. And we saw Wiggins, he probably maybe could have won a couple more Grand Tours after his tour win, but he kind of quit, essentially. Um, you got to live a monk's life, right? So Yeah, I've got to live a monk's life. And when you're, when you're young and you've got 20 million in the bank, that's probably other things you want to do other than just go to bed at 7pm every night and train 30 hours a week. It was probably amazing for the first couple of years, but after a while, probably likes again. You want to try something different, explore yeah, other things yeah. in life. And yeah, and that's fine. That's fine for that athlete. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I totally agree with your point. I doubt in 10 years we'll be watching Vingard versus Pogaccia versus Romko and Altuez competing for the, for the GC. Talking of uh, Sagan and uh, retirement, we, we also had Pino uh, and Rohan Dennis 
both announcing their retirement and all of those riders are in their early 30s and I guess it's a new trend um, kind of proves what we've just been talking about where riders aren't staying in the sport longer than 10 years so if they start early they're also leaving early um, Valverde, Valverde obviously bucked that trend uh, but yeah Sagan uh, is going to focus on the mountain bike uh, world championships coming up next year he'll probably do a bit of gravel to earn his pocket money of course uh, Pino, um, a French darling, you could say, um, came close or, well, I don't think he came close, but um, always a fan favourite. We always want a French winner of the Tour de France and certainly the French do. Um, but he's an, also announced his retirement and Rohan Dennis, who I think the sport will be um, worse off without him. Uh, very eccentric character, uh, former a world world uh, time trial champion world time yeah and uh, also world record holder for the hour if i'm not mistaken yep yeah yeah nice. Rowan's a really really funny guy if you follow him on social media and yeah, yeah potentially leaves the sport you, you always imagine that you could achieve a bit more we saw flashes of amazing amazing climbing performances like in the giro uh, the year Tyler Kagan Hart won, and we've seen quite a, we've seen a few of them, and obviously one of the best time trialists of this this past generation. And sad to see him go, but he's uh, given himself every chance to be the best at Yumbo and Ineos, two fantastic teams. And yeah, sad to see him go, but yeah, a rider who, who I feel has been on the decline, maybe mentally doesn't want it as much as some of these younger riders anymore. So so yeah. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. I, I think he could certainly challenge for another world championship again, uh, perhaps not quite win yeah. it, but the sacrifice, as we as we mentioned, when you're getting into your 30s, uh, I believe he has a family, um, kids, you, you start to wonder, is it worth is it worth putting in that time and sacrifice for a chance of winning? Obviously when you're younger, um, you know, you've seen the money and the fame for the first time. You're like, yeah, I I want this. And then I think after a few years, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm a bit sick and tired of this in a sense. Um, So it it gets more difficult as you get older, I imagine. And he's, he's called it quits, I guess. And uh, I'm sure we'll see him pop up in other ways or, or not. Um, There's a lot of pros who go, go quietly but with the world uh the social media world i guess no one can hide these days but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i'm sure Rowan will keep keep people entertained but but yeah i think his time in the sport will be over i don't i don't see him as a ds to be honest so yeah yeah another race uh we should probably cover before we we call it quits is uh the uae tour um it was a it was a favorite of mine in in many ways um it's, it's something different um it's warmer climates and uh a lot of sprint stages uh which of course the sprinters love and we saw a lot of them heading over and uh we didn't have we didn't have one particular rider um well we had tim melia winning two stages but we didn't have one sprinter head and shoulders better than everyone else which we've seen in previous years but certainly not this year and um i don't think we have that currently um so the doors open for for sprinters uh but yeah uh back to uae tour stage one uh of course very flat 
um very wide roads very windy out in the deserts um breakaway stage uh, i love the shots of the echelons across the roads um but yeah it's amazing that uh Evenepo created a split or a, a small group created a split with Evenepo in it and he managed to finish in the front group uh, catching some points and time over his competitors, but Malia uh, inched out. I'm I'm not sure if you saw the stage finish. Incredible stage finish. Incredible finish. Incredible. Great stage. And you know, you know, um, it Well, no, Sadal quick step even fighting for two different things. A to to get Remco in a really good place in the GC, which they did. Adam Yates being his main challenger, they put about a minute into him for attacking the crosswinds and then essentially leaving it down to a small reduced bunch sprint for Tim Malir and yeah, crazy finish and a lot of suspense even after the race had finished. Absolutely. It was um I, I couldn't see a difference between him and Ewan. Um I imagine nobody could. Um they still haven't released any any formal um you know, proof that Tim Malia edged you, Ewan, but it is what it is, and we'll take that. Uh, I, I don't see any difference at all, even though it's you're really, really down to the wire. That finish is as close as it comes, and I, I kind of wish they awarded awarded a joint. Yeah, 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 because they something different. There was no difference at all, but but yeah, crazy finish, and it's nice to see Caleb back competitive. It's been a been a while since I think you could regard him as. <laughs> last year but poor year by his standards um so good to see him very close to win even if he didn't quite get it and uh, a good uh, friend of ours or not a friend but we're big fans came third in that race uh, yeah Jeff, coming third uh, for Astana um she doesn't feature very much hereafter but it's good to see him in the mix uh he's still some way off uh, but that is quite normal for Cav. He he normally turns it, turns it on for the Tour de France, so he's probably not too not too uh, saddened by what happened during the UAE Tour. But he probably obviously wanted to win, but not quite uh, there yet. But yeah, I'm sure his time will come. If if it's early season and he's there, I'm sure he's happy. Yeah, yeah, solid solid by Cav. Um... He, he definitely still got he, he's got a racing mentality which I think is from me the main thing I wanted to see whether, whether he can be competitive you know he's he's not got the coach he had a quick step I think that was a very solid coach he had um and yeah maybe the star and Williams aren't aren't quite as fast as the uh the quick step sl7s but but yeah is it's a promising start I uh, I'm a big fan of Cav, but I, I'm just not a believer in a tour stage win. But no. I, I do hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, I don't know. He's got he's got what five six chances. He can he can he can he if anyone can do it, he can he can do it. Come on, Rob. Uh, I'd I'd love to give some blind British patriotism here, but <laughs> I I I do not see it. He's proved I, us wrong so many times. Rob. He has he has proved us wrong. I, well, he proved it literally everyone under the sun. Like, if if he was Chris Froome right now, he'd win another Tour de France. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe. No, that's a bigger ask, but you, you know a, what I'm trying to say. That's a very big ask. That's a very big. You know what I'm saying though. 
I know what you're saying, good minds and everything, but it's a competitive, it's a very competitive. There's there's six, seven guys who are just phenomenal. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but none of them are, are head and shoulders above anyone no, else. No, so no. Cav, Cav needs to get on their level, even close, and then Chance or his tactics, I guess, will, will edge him in one sprint out of 10 or one out of five in the Tour de France, maybe. He needs to be close, but he also needs the team. And yeah, I, I didn't see them put him in a position to yeah, win no, any of the latter sprints. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, like Case Ball, and they they do they do have a, a good young Russian, the Astana team for the lead out. But it's a it's a they they like Wout Van Aert will be getting led out by Christophe Laporte sort yeah, of thing. And yeah, yeah. Laporte's a good sprinter in himself, and Bennett's getting led out by Danny Van Poppel and. That is a real, real big advantage. So, so that is what he's up against, and it, it's not just being as fast as them or faster. Yeah, yeah, it's no, getting no. in the position as well. So, but he can so, work yeah. for himself as well. He's done that. He's done that. You know, he's done it, it before. He's done it before. Yeah. He's a very crafty racer, but yeah, a, a bit, a big ask, a big task, and Fine. a lot of a lot of expectation on his shoulders Fine. for sure. Stage two, um, a t- team time trial. Uh, one of my favorite formats of racing um probably mostly because it doesn't happen too often i think if there was a lot of it i wouldn't be a huge fan but because it's such a rarity in the sport now the team time trial i love it because uh it's just the the only time they're all racing together um and you know they'll celebrate together you know uh if they've finished their run and they're sitting in the hot seat they're all like you know cheering together um i don't know there's something about it that's that creates, we obviously know cycling is a team sport, but there's something about the team trial, time trial, which is like, yeah, you, I, I'm sure if you're racing within the team, Rob, you, you'd feel like, yeah, our team, we, we did that. If, if you got a yeah. first spot, whereas if you won a stage race or you, you have a kind of, if your teammate won it, you're like, yeah, we won that, but he won that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's a bit of, a bit of that going on. So I don't know. I love it. And uh, the tech was hilarious, Rob. I don't know if you saw the helmets. They were oh, horrific. Yeah. Horrific. Very... <laughs> You're not They're getting worse. Story. They're getting worse. Uno X. Do you see <laughs> Uno X, what they were wearing? I did see, I did see <sighs> the, new, the new pop helmets. I know many people aren't a fan, but I just horrific. love whatever's fast. I, I, I'd love to just look at the I don't know. The way, the way, the way I guess Ineos started it will. Well, by wearing uh, cast helmets, which are no, but they, they, all they're doing, which <laughs> is quite smart but stupidly looking, is wearing helmets like what six sizes too big or something. So, yeah. uh, I was just listening to uh, another podcast earlier, and they were basically explaining how what that does is, uh, as long as you hold the correct position, is if the helmet is so big, it effectively covers the shoulders as well. So it tunnels, uh, it funnels the air over the shoulders um, as well. So it's far more aerodynamic as long as you're in the correct position. Otherwise, it's like having wings on your head. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's horrific. It's it's absolutely horrific if if you can't hold the position. So, but yeah, it looks it just looks so bad, Rob. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I imagine we won't be seeing it in the local tens and whatnot. Uh, at least I don't know. I, I think my no, we won't. We won't. My my favorite comment uh, I think is uh, 
I think I was walking around Richmond Park once and I saw a guy in a in um in, in like uh, on an S works kind of with flat pedals on and a, oh, wow. a and a time trial helmet and I, uh. I really love that. So I hope we get to see some of the <laughs> the, uh, the oversized Ineos ones on a on a nice commute around Richmond Park. That would be good to see. Um, and it's a fashion trend maybe I can't keep up with, but yeah, I love to see it. Even even like the specialized one, oh my days. Like it's like riot oh, yeah, police some sort of riot hot. police hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Some riot police uh, helmets or something. I I just I don't know. I, don't I wouldn't know. fancy wearing that in the UAE tour, that's for sure. Maybe just, maybe on know. a cold, rainy night in Stoke. I'd be <laughs> happy to have it on, but not in forty degrees. Yeah, well, they're getting paid well, close to a million, most of them. <laughs> so they probably just shut up and put it on. And, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Anyway, uh, stage three. Uh, this is probably where we saw the first fireworks. A Jabal Jaish, uh, a moderate climb. Uh, probably one I, I would love doing, really. Um, it's, what, 20K, 5% gradient. Probably big ring it. I probably couldn't, but, of course, the pros were big ringing it. Um, Rubio taking the win, uh, staying away from the big hitters. Quite, quite a win for him, considering who was behind him, who he dropped. Um, oh, I wouldn't say he dropped him, but it was more of a case of riding away from them. And they were the others, like Evanapol Yates, were playing a different game, I guess. But uh, yeah, great, great win for him. Um, and Yates, oh, sorry, Evanapol, uh, riding into first place overall taken second on the day um yeah any, anything to add there rob um yeah this stage i i so i thought adam yates would dominate i thought well the he, the whole race you mean I, the whole race and this stage as well I, well on top of a venipo yeah i just from not i i, I rate evan as a rider better generally but if you watch the previous editions of the uae tour Adam Yates looks stronger than Pogaccia during this race. On these, um, like when Adam Yates gets to a climb, uh, having basically done no prior efforts, he is world class. Once he's done three or four mountains already, he's, he's not that good. But if he's fresh in heat and is it's February, <laughs> maybe he tries a bit too much to peak for this race. He's really good and in previous editions, he has actually dropped Pogaccia, and in every edition since, he's looked stronger than Pogaccia. And I, I, I rate Pogaccia a lot higher than Evnapol still as a climber. Um, so yeah, I expected Yates to ride away from Evnapol in this stage, but I was really surprised to see at the top Remco looking the stronger up to and and taking that extra second over Adam Yates. So I was just thinking about what you just said there, Rob. You were saying Yates is better than Pogaccia during this time of year um is that why you think Pogaccia wasn't invited because obviously this is uh, Yates rides for the team UAE this is their home tour effectively their home race and uh, I imagine there would have been a lot of pressure on management to get some sort of win or well they did eventually they got two stage wins but not a not an overall of course yeah Um, yeah it's it's interesting I didn't think of that Uh, I find it interesting I think Surely, the the backers of the UAE team would want a UAE rider to win the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally would have always been quite confident Adam Yates beats Remco at the pole, especially when there's a TTT 
and not an individual time trial. Yeah. But and if he didn't get dropped in the crosswinds, I think that would have still been the case. Um, but Pogaccia, Pogaccia would have, as long as he didn't lose three minutes in the crosswinds. Well, actually, I, I, I yeah, to be honest, I don't see any re. If it's a team time trial, I don't see any reason why Pogaccia would perform better than Yates because he's never dropped him on a climb out here in February. Yeah. Um, so Yates had just as much chance as Bagatcha. The only thing UAE could have done to make it more likely they would obviously if you bring two of them, one of like it's more likely one of them won't be dropped in the crosswinds. Um that's where they went wrong was allowing Yates to be dropped in the crosswinds. But that Yates should have won this race, in my opinion, still. They lost it because of the crosswinds and a poor team time trial. Individually they had a lot of good time trialists, but their team time trial performance was also bad. Um and yeah, I'm sure this is quite a bad thing for the team and something the uh, the people funding it won't be too happy about. Um but it is good for the race in a way. Evan Napoles the big world star. So yeah. Yeah. so it's not not the end of the world that he wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Stage four was a another sprint taken by a UAE rider, Sebastian Milano. Number four, stage five, stage six, again, wide open sprints, Gronawagen winning, um, come, making a bit of a comeback. Tim Malia taking the win on stage six. Uh, that makes it his second um, of the stage uh, race, rather. Um, anything to add? Uh, stage four, five, six, uh, it's pretty straightforward, really. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Uh, the, 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 this is the highest, arguably the highest quality sprint field you'll see all year, maybe yeah, even yeah. with the tour included. Yeah. Um, yeah, and great to see. And what we're seeing is a very even, open playing field. There is no dominant sprinter as of now. I'd argue there's about six people who can put in a, a respectable claim to being the best sprinter in the world. Um, we see uh, Bora Hansgrohe arguably still look to have the best lead-out train. Uh, Groenewegen's arguably the fastest. And, yeah, uh, Sam Wellsford, a big improver and a big name on the sprint scene now and someone who can realistically contest for, for tour wins as well. So, so yeah, interesting on the sprint side of things. Um and yeah, just a really good race for it and something I think the UAE tour does really well. Yeah, it, it, it offers that warm weather where where other races can't quite offer it. So I think the pros are attracted and I'm sure uh, some of them are given a lot of cash to come over as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that probably helps. <laughs> yeah, and uh, of course, uh, we finish off with stage seven, Jabal Hafeet, uh, steep climb up in the mountains. Uh, Yates finally gets his win uh, gets the win for the UAE as well Evenepo taking second and the overall um, I just want to mention uh, Sepp Kuss finishing fourth on the day uh, normally he does his job quietly and um, he does it so again uh, but we'll see a lot of him I'm sure in the tour very soon and um, yeah I, I just like mentioning him because he just goes about doing his stuff uh, doesn't get much credit um, not for from the Euro- European pundits anyway, um, but yeah, uh, he will be up there uh, supporting 
Vinger go, if not um, Roglic in some way, shape or form this year. Absolutely, yeah. Solid ride from the set. And uh, yeah, looks <laughs> another another boaty or movement string. He gets to be team leader for pretty much any other team. Yeah, um, you know, he's he rejected being team leader, Rob. He was given the opportunity. I, I, he yeah. just does not prefer the limelight and the pressures that go with being team leader, which is interesting in in uh, cycling, whereby normally people take that up and fight for it almost. Yeah, there's, of course, Team Movistar, where everyone wants to be a leader, it seems, even the uh, water boy. But uh, you have uh, Sepkos, who, who's kind of taken a back seat and he's happy to work in the service of others. And, um, yeah, I wonder if he'll ever come out of the limelight uh, or come into the limelight, rather, and uh, out of the shadows um, and take up that role. But... His time probably, uh, as we mentioned, uh, you don't have too long at the top and his time is limited. So, yeah, um, we should probably move on yeah. to uh, a few mentions of other races. Um, this one made me laugh, Rob. Uh, Chris Broome uh, racing in Rwanda. Uh, a big coup for them, but obviously he is kind of, in a sense, his home race probably wants to give some something back to Africa and the Rwandans, but um, he didn't do himself any favours. Uh, riding away, having several punctures, and then uh, coming out and doing what he does best, which is uh, slates, disc breaks, and uh, claims room breaks are better. I'm certainly with him there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, I just found it hilarious, uh, especially in today's day and age where most riders won't speak out against uh, anything uh, sponsor-related, especially when you have stocks in in uh, what you ride, which, of course, Chris Room does in Factor Bikes. Um, but, yeah, so I found that a bit funny. Um, I was at the Tour of Algarve as well. I uh, managed to see some of the pros pass. Uh, managed to climb nice. some of the mountains as well uh, before they did, uh, which was incredible. Um, seeing seeing the setup, seeing behind the scenes, but it's, it's actually a fairly small race in the sense that while the likes of Tim uh, Tom Pidcock was there, uh, Ghana, some of the biggest biggest stars of of the sport. Um, just just uh, as we we're going round, there wasn't any real urgency to the setup. Um, on the back streets, obviously up the mountains, there was barriers and there was a bit more security and whatnot. But on the on the local roads, um, on some of the stages, it, it was, you, you wouldn't know there was a bike race until, say, 10 minutes before they passed, which is quite eye-opening. Um, it was probably, I have been to the Tour Down Under um, previously. Uh, that was in central London, but I haven't really visited uh, many stage races uh, or races other than that um, I wish to do some more but it was just a bit eye-opening it's just effectively a, a convoy of motorbikes and then police cars and then the riders and then uh, support vehicles were you surprised uh, how big the convoy was oh mate it's I see huge it, like, yeah I'm yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a few miles long and that's that's yeah. for a small race I'm talking <clears throat> maybe 20 motorbikes another 10 15 20 either police cars or other vehicles as such then you have the riders then you have about 20 support cars again like i said that was a fairly small race tour of algarve i mm -hmm. imagine it, it's it's huge when it comes to either the tour de france or anything else Absolutely. Um, yeah so yeah and if it goes wrong before we uh end it 
No, uh, just just yeah, some uh, exciting races coming up next week. Got Barry Nice, Torino Adriatico, and this Sunday, uh, Strada Bianchi. Um, kind of looks like it's going to be uh, Matthew Vanderpool versus Tom Pidcock, both Pagatra and Wout Van Aert. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping some of the old stars would uh, would make a showing, but I, I think it is the young guns uh, who will take it. But yeah, um, as you mentioned, lots of races coming up, um, lots of stage races. Uh, I think Paris-Nice, we're going to see uh, Pogacar up against Vingago for the first time since the Tour de France, if I'm not mistaken. Both both are yeah. committed to going. Um, that'll be interesting. Whether they'll be racing for racing sake or if they're going uh, tr- treating it as a training race. But uh, as we mentioned, the I don't know. The culture has changed. It's like everyone wants to win everything from the beginning, from now, from January even, uh, which makes for a jittery, jittery peloton. Um, but it is what it is now, and I guess it makes for exciting racing, uh, which is a bad thing. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll see lots of action. I think those two will both really be wanting to win that race. And for me, I'm pretty confident Pagatch will be the one who takes it. But um yeah, hopefully the start of the fantastic battle between those two we'll see for many seasons. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's end it there, Rob. Take care. Cool. All right. See you. Bye.